This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Yes, yes. For the first time in nearly two weeks, brother, it's the Tim McKernan Show podcast, QFTA, from the Longo Big Studios, Timothy Michael McKernan and Jackson Bennett Burkett. Good to be here, Tim. Hello again, everybody. It's great to be with you for the first time after I was vacationing in the Hamptons and uh, got back last week and back on the air on Monday. Today is Tuesday, February 20th. 2024. And Jackson, it's great to be with the people for QFTA. Questions from the audience in which you can send your questions in T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. And my God, I just opened up my email. So I had a situation. I'm doing this live, even though I realize it's a podcast for a lot of people. So I read an email this morning from someone who asked a great question. I can't, I can't say enough how much I appreciate, and I read this on TMA, how much I appreciate when somebody asks me a question directly as opposed to it's hearsay or it's passed along on social media as if it's fact. Right. And then, because I'm happy to answer questions. Yep. There, may be, there may come a time, and I'm sure there are some, where there's a question I'm going, yeah, I can't answer that or it would be best not to answer that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I enjoy it. And so, therefore, if somebody does it, I appreciate it. For example, uh, I was uh, on vacation, as I made reference to, and uh, it was late night, Jackson, uh, about 2 in the morning. And a friend of my wife's, nice-looking lass, we're sitting in the cocktail lounge, and she says, and she's, she's had a, she's had a, a libation. Mm-hmm. I've had a libation. Port. I've, I've had port. That's exactly what I had. Right. The dainty little glass. I have. I always. Yeah. Come on, me. I can't hold. Right, I'm the in pincers, my p- pincers. And she goes, essentially, what's the deal with you? But I mean, it wasn't said like that. Sure. It's like you're you're an enigma. And I go, oh wow. And I like move the chair <laughs> in. And she goes, you have this wife. My opinion implying. Your appearance doesn't match her appearance. I don't know why she would say something like that. Mm, mm, mm. It's ridiculous. Mm. That's what was I took it as. Right. And you have these shows and this personality, but then sometimes you're, you know, more reserved. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier in the evening, apropos of nothing... Another one of my wife's friends who's there, also nice-looking lass, uh, and she is uh, she's got like an executive role with a business, and she was talking about these uh, personality trait questionnaires that they use to try to get a gauge on the best way to manage people. Are you familiar with these things? No, no, you're not. No, I, I I guess the idea of a personality trait questionnaire is not foreign to me, but I've never done one. Okay. Um, and, uh, and she, um, oh, I'm off camera. Slide on over, big boy. There you go. And uh, 
and I know you're either an I or an E. I introvert, E extrovert, and then it gets into a bunch of other things. Here's what I was. Do you want to know what I was? No, you don't. Are you going to say yeah, you do? Yes, you are. Well, just for the sake of, of programming. <laughs> That's exactly right. If I said no, like it would just kind of be like this would be a real dead end, real uh, railroad yeah. situation. I got to find the fucking thing. All right, there's my son skating, so that couldn't have been where we were. Um, there was, re by the way, hmm. who knows if we ever pick up the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Once I say, by the way, yep. all bets are off. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of interest in where I went on vacation. I don't know. Was there? It was so odd from like people I know, not just from like, yeah. you know, people I don't know or people are, you know, right. I may have met over time, like amongst my friends, just because of the one exchange on the show in which Iggy did nothing wrong, by the way, but he said, oh, where are you going? And I, and I said, I don't really want to say, you know, and Iggy didn't do anything wrong because we have talked about it. I'm just so conscious of... And I made a big, I should have just said, yeah, we're going to the Bahamas. It's not that big of a fucking deal. Right. But, you know, I'm, you know, I just like I thought when I went to spring training, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it became like a thing. Right. So now I'm like, now I'm now. Shy. now yeah. And it sucks because my personality is to, if I can talk about everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not like, like I, I, maybe we're going like St. Bart's, you know, yeah, or yeah. like a Turks, a Biza. Yeah. yeah. You know? But it's Bahamas. Like, any asshole can go to the Bahamas. Yeah. But I'm just like, I don't want to... And, and honestly, part of it's... I'm like, oh, you know, some fuckstick will find where we're staying and, like, call my room. Because I have had that happen before. Yeah. All right, here's my personality, which will mean nothing to you, but it'll mean something to some people. I-S-T-J dash... I-S-T-J... I-S-T-J... Uh, or I-S-T-J... Dash T. I don't know what the difference is, but either way. So that's what the personality type is. And you go, who the fuck cares? What does this matter? <laughs> ISTJ personality type. What does it mean? Yeah. Uh, the ISTJ personality type is introverted, sensing, thinking, and judging, which means they're energized by quiet, independent work, pragmatic, detail-oriented, logical, skilled on organization, and time management. This combination of personality preferences produces people who value order, predictability, and routine. They're rule followers who love the security that comes with knowing their place in the world. ISTJs are hard workers who are reliable, productive, and persistent. Are productive and persistent. They appreciate the value of teamwork, but can be stubborn and struggle with change. Uh, if an ISTJ says it, an ISTJ means it. There you go. And I'm like, wow. ooh. It's a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. Type and we're just sitting there, like, drinking, like, tequila. Right. And and one of her friends goes, oh, you ought to answer these. It's like 100 questions. Does it really? Yeah. Ooh. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're not like, you know, what year was the National League founded? I mean, they're like, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're right. things you can answer quickly. Yeah. But I'm, like, really going through it. And they're like, no, that's not how you do it. You answer it instantaneously. Got it. Anyway. Why do I tell this? I would love to see what you would yeah, be. I would think you are an I. Yes. You would agree with that. Yes. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. If you hear me on the show, you think I'm an E. Yes. I, when I first started working with you, that's what I was. Uh... And that's that's the that's the thing. And so I've become aware of that. And I turned to Doug yesterday when the topic. I don't even know how this topic came up on TMA. And I, and I use the example of Steve Savard. And I think I actually said this to Steve when he was on the podcast. And I could, I could tell he was like, just like, 
just totally didn't agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steve, Steve Savard, who was an anchor on Channel 4, was a sports director for a number of years and then was a news anchor, and, and he's working, I think, in Springfield, Missouri now. Um, great guy. And Doug and I worked with him. Um, and Steve's this big, you know, nice-looking guy who I guess was in camp with the Dallas Cowboys for a period of time. Makes sense. And, you know, if you're a sports director in local television in the 90s and the 2000s, you were probably making a nice living. Mm -hmm. And so you have a personality on the air. But then off the air, it's not like he was an ass by any means. Great fucking guy. I haven't worked with him for 20 years, and I would say that. I'm saying it now. But he was, I think, a little introverted. And so... What then wound up people would say about him, not everybody, but some people, oh, yeah, he, th- he thinks he's so fucking great. And I'm like, I work with the guy five days a week. That's just not true. Right. I mean, I guess he's a big, nice-looking guy who had a cup of coffee with the Dallas Cowboys. But, shit, you know, he's just, he's just kind of quiet and goes about his job and, you know, is a good guy. That's, that's all there is to it. And, and he'll fuck around and have a good time just like anybody else. But because he's not, like, you know, glad-handing, right. it became, oh, Steve thinks he's so. So I think I think that's something that I deal with, minus the big, good-looking guy who had a cup of coffee with the Dallas Cowboys. Right. But the perception of you're in this role, and I may have told the story on the air before, but the next day after we were all boozed up and we had this exchange, and I'll go into the exchange a little more here in a moment— um, we're sitting by the pool, these, uh, my wife and two of her friends, uh, it's just the girls and me, the way I like it. Yeah, damn right. And, uh, you know, we're giggling and talking about the real housewives and how we just admire them. Right. And, uh, and, and one of the uh, girls asked a question about it. I said, here's the deal. This is the best way I can sum it up on letterman's interview show on netflix did you ever watch that that would strike me as something you would enjoy but yet uh, letterman kind of predates you well but i love letterman okay uh the interview obviously like with kd is one of my okay so you're familiar with yeah that, that's one that's right. like very important so i think he had stern on on his show i think that's where it was and they looked at each other and those who know them who have been on their shows both know they're kind of fucking for lack of a better term weird right especially like during the breaks there's always the stories with letterman yeah. in particular and I think it was Howard who said to David, isn't it weird how our shows allow us to act like normal functioning human beings, whereas in real life, we're all fucked up. <laughs> and I would say that when I heard that line, I go, ah, that is my truth. Yeah. That is my truth. Yeah. That's, that right there summed me up. I'm not saying I'm at their level. I'm well beyond that. Right, level. I think we all know that. <clears throat> but I, I heard, I go, that's it, that's it, and I yeah. think that's the thing. People hear the show, and all the all the shows. It's not like I'm one way on another, you know. And and they assume this, and that is what this last was saying. And I said, we we get we walk out from the bar to the casino floor, and we're still going. It's two thirty in the morning, and at this point, when you're forty seven, you know, two thirty in the morning is is late, and you know, I'm all fucked up, and I go. I said to my wife, I go, that was one of the greatest moments I've had with, as far as somebody, like, trying to figure me out. And she goes, I kind of took it as she was insulting you. I go, no. I mean, she might have. I don't think she was. I think she was just being really direct and saying, probably because she was drunk, 
well, I don't get it. You know, yeah. I, it, you're, you know, I understand she's not a listener of the shows. I can't imagine anyway, but she hears about the shows. She knows that there is this following probably from like her male friends, but goes, what the fuck? When I'm with him, he's kind of just like a normal, calm guy who, you know, again, I think she may have been implying there is a, a tilted yeah. s- scale. Right. I didn't have my toupee on on the trip. <laughs> I had my toupee on. Right. You're nice. It's a nice piece. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like it's somewhat of a chicken and egg thing. Like, like when you talk about Luke Stern and Letterman and you, you finding similarities in that. Like if you didn't have this outlet or if they didn't have that outlet to really kind of spread their wings, for lack of a better term, I don't know if like you would they channel that in a different way. Like if you worked a desk job, maybe. Correct. That's it. That, yeah. 100%. 100%. That's it. And it's and I, and it, and I don't know. It, it, that wasn't something I heard in like the 2000s. And even and I'd, I'd include like once I left television, and I don't know if I necessarily heard. I think I think it came with a perception of success, a perception of success. When I emphasize that, and then, and then the next day, I mean, this this girl was was she was asking like really poignant question, and now everybody's sober and we're sitting by the pool, and she goes, "What's the best part of the job?" And I go, and what is bullshit? I mean, it's not like, you know, and I go, that's a good question. I go, I get to go in and I get paid to laugh yeah. with four people I really like. You know, mm-hmm. if, if there was just one motherfucker on the show yeah. where you're like, oh, God, you know, and it's even worse if like the audience really loves him. But then everybody else is like, oh, this fucking guy is going to cause a problem. You know, it, it, it got, I got four people I like and I laugh. Yep. I get paid to do that. Plus, if I really have an opinion at this point in my career, I'm comfortable saying it. And people are interested in hearing what we have to say. Not a bunch of people, but a portion of St. Louis and those who are from St. Louis, it seems, are interested in it. That's a great thing. I love that. And then she goes, what's the worst part? So the worst part is being usually if you're known by people, that comes with so much wealth that you can kind of go, okay, fuck off. Right. This is the worst kind of thing. I would prefer to have a bunch of money and no one know me. That is that is my that is my perma orgasm. If I could be like Iggy, I think today when he was asking about like who was the guy who donated sixty two million dollars to Missouri, and I go probably some rich motherfucker who couldn't care less that people know he made the donation and doesn't want people to know he has sixty two million dollars or lady doesn't matter sure. sixty two million dollars. You know, I realize oftentimes, I think, um, what was the poll? I think you sent it over as one of your links yesterday. 57%, or maybe it was just something I saw on social media on TikTok, I think. 57% of Gen Zers want to be influencers. Oh, yeah, yeah. 4% of influencers are making $100,000 annually. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, one of the goals isn't just security, as in income and or net worth. Uh, it's fame. And, and so I'm not, again, this is, this is, this is local, like D list fame, but it comes with people, you know, I don't really, I mean, I can't, you can't control what people say. So you kind of get to a point where at first it bothers you and I'm not saying I'm invincible from it, but it really, at this point, it's like, okay, you know, it comes, it's the call. I keep going back. It's the cost of doing business. But it's just kind of like, I'd prefer not to have it. If you give me the choice, holy shit, I would prefer not to have it. Sure. Where people think they know me just because they listen to a show. But hey, that, that's the that's the deal. And that's allowed social. me to have an, a, a nice career, you know? Yeah. So that's that's the answer to the question. Um, what were you saying right there? A parasocial relationship. 
parasocial to find that, Jackson. So, like, they know a lot about you from listening to you for years, but you know nothing about them. That's correct. The same thing, you know, if you went up to, you know, insert celebrity name here, you might know a ton about them, seeing everything they've ever done or listened to anything they've ever done, but they know nothing about you, and it's a very, it's an interesting kind of relationship. Right. Yeah, and, and some people who are not in the industry have made that observation, I guess probably on that trip where we, we talked a little bit about it. Um, and so when I have a chance to explain that, I hope people understand it. And again, I'm not saying I wouldn't trade. I mean, this has been incredible. I'm not, I'm not saying it because of money. I'm saying it because of the experience. Do it in my hometown, too. This is what I wanted when I was in my... How often do you get to do what you were dreaming of doing when you were in your teens for a living? Holy shit. So there's just a great deal of gratitude and luck. And I guess we've worked hard and had some some game plans. But still, you got to get lucky. you got to be working with great people, period. And so... I loved that she asked those questions because it was asked directly to me as opposed to, like, going to my wife going, you know, you're really hot and he, I don't know. And, you know, and right. and then, you know, I hear he's at the show and, you know, all these guys that I know love the show and say he's this and that. But then when I'm around him, he's just kind of like a normal guy. What the fuck? You know, I would have been like, okay, fuck off, you know? So I'm like, good for you for saying what probably a lot of people think. And you had the balls, the clit, (laughs) to say say it directly to me. (laughs) And I I don't care if it was 2 in the morning and we're all fucked up. Right. I appreciate it. Port flowing. And I'm I'm holding on to this little glass for my life. Leave the bottle. Right. I can't. (laughs) Feed it to me. So anyway, why am I talking about this, you wonder? Because I got this email that I read on TMA today that was a QFTA email. Now, I was, I was in a meeting, which is why we started late, uh, and I apologized to both you, Jackson, and the audience. You knew I had the meeting. It just popped up. Uh, but the audience did, and I said we would start at 1125, and we have a hard out today at like 1215, 1220. Yep. As a sound story, we'll be in the Longo Big Studios. Um, so I have not had a chance to read the email that was a follow-up to her email, but I do see the start says, PLTDing, thanks for not sharing my name on the air before giving me a chance to respond. So I'm so glad I did that. I just knew that it was going to lead to us going down a road that was kind of irrelevant. The question was the focal point. And what I, the reason why I read it on TMA was because I wanted to see if you, who I thought would have the best chance of getting why I was reading the question, because I think you get me the best in part because you spend so much time with me, but I think, and I hate to say this to you, I think you're the most similar to me. Mm. Beware of that. How do you, how do you feel when you hear that? Mm, mixed uh, emotions, but ultimately... I like that, because that's, that's an honest answer. Yeah, but ultimately, you know... Good for you for not going, oh, I think it's great. Well, there could be a lot worse things to, like, there's a lot worse that you could that's, say about that's someone. That's not a big endorsement. But, like, but, <laughs> yeah. there was, but we have a guy who works at Hubbard Corporate, and he's got a really good thing going. I don't know if he wants but But we were on the phone two weeks ago. I, I wanted to try to get the numbers on the Tim McKernan Show podcast for the right. month of January, right, right, since right. we did... And that's the guy that handles it. He's great, one of my favorite guys we've met. He's outstanding. Uh, and, and, and he really is. And as it turns out, I told you this, I think I texted you when I was out of town. Mm-hmm. It worked. We're the third most listened to podcast at Hubbard and St. Louis for uh, the month of January 2024. Riz Show, TMA, Tim McKernan Show podcast. You deserve credit for that, just like I deserve credit for that. That's not me. My name's on it, but you're in every one of these things. Yeah. Um, so that's great. 
super awesome. Wonderful that there's an audience, because if he would have been like, yeah, it's kind of the same where it was in December, I'd be like, all right, we'll just go back to do it once a week, and yeah. I'll go. Rest you know, our larynx. Fuck yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's outstanding, super exciting. So anyway, when I'm talking to him, he clear he starts talking about some ideas, and he goes, you're like, he goes, like the sound story thing. He goes, and what you did there, and he goes, and then what you did with TMA. He goes, and I'm hearing him going, oh, shit, you're just like me, because he had a couple business ideas. And my reaction was, in a way, I'm like, this is great because I'll be able to speak the language to him. But honestly, my other reaction was, I feel terribly for him because I know what it's like. And I'm not talking about, like, quality of life. I'm talking about you're never satisfied. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. I don't want this for you. I don't want this for my children. Yeah. You know, I really I don't. don't. I have that, like that part. Of right. I don't, I don't think you do. Yeah. Now, the byproduct of that, I suppose, is you oftentimes, you'll, you'll fail a bunch because that means you're going to fire a lot of pucks on net. But you may have some, some big successes here or there. Yep. And this isn't me. This is anybody who, if you put a bunch of pucks on net, inevitably one's going to get through. Yeah. But in order, it's exhausting. It's tiring. And then it's exhausting and tiring. I'm sure it is for my wife. I'm sure it is for the people around me. You know, I mean, fuck, I've had four long-term relationships. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's exhausting to be with somebody who's constantly fucking going, I got to do this. I got to do that. Right. So when I was talking to him, I'm like, holy shit, you're just like me. I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, because he's a great guy. I'm going because he's always thinking of another thing you know? me, so like, that's why you yeah. having mixed emotions is the right <laughs> response in to, my opinion yeah to me to sum it up it's like you can live with failure but you can't live with what ifs and that's kind of the idea is like if you're leaving a putt out there is worse than missing a putt itself I, uh, which was kind of the same thing. That was a bad example. But the idea of like... No, I get what you're saying. Trying and failing is better than not trying at all. Like leaving, I guess, if you want to go on a golf and out, leaving a putt short as opposed, you know, and leaving a, a tap in short as opposed, but not not trying to make the putt right. if you want to go golf analogy. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't know what... I, I actually think my shit's rooted in insecurity. I'm not talking about like, oh, I hope you say nice things about me. That's not it because you're not... But I'm talking about, like, I, I honestly believe I'm going to get fired at any moment. Now, I guess I'm at a point where if I got fired, I'd be fine. But back in the day, because I did. I had traumatic shit happen in Little Rock. That was super traumatic. It was a real thing. Uh, it, I didn't get fired at KMOV, but when I thought I was going to get this big raise and Alan Cohen, the general manager, gives me, like, whatever it was, like a 2% raise or something like that, and just kind of looked at me and goes, you can quit if you want. I'm not really. That's not what he said, but that's what the look meant not going to give a shit uh, all. And then of course, all of the shit with radio. Uh, I think that, I think that's where it comes from. I remember watching the Jerry Rice 30 for 30 and he's like, oh, I just showed up at camp if you're thinking I was going to get cut. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Right. You know? Right. So I think that's where it comes from. It doesn't come from a place of like purity. It comes from a place of negativity. I mean, as far as like, you wouldn't consider a fear being a positive, you right. would consider it being a negative, right? That's what I mean by it. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. So anyway, this is what she sent in. Hope this is context for everyone. 
Hey, Tim, I heard you mention on TMA this morning that QFTA is now the number three podcast at Hubbard St. Louis. Congrats. My question is this. Could a significant increase in the popularity and therefore advertising revenue for your podcast translate to more resources for TMA? Obviously, the Tim McKernan Show doesn't cost as much to operate as TMA, so could that increase feed more dollars to be spent on future members of TMA, such as KG or the cat? Just wondering if that is part of the thought process for moving to more frequent QFTA episodes, on top of it being the place where you have an opportunity to actually talk. Thanks. And then the name. Now she, Then she has written since. Now, before I read, and I haven't read outside of that first paragraph or first line, actually. So I might, we might, well, we're on YouTube. So actually, we're, I, I don't think, uh, I think I can read it. I hope I can read it. Um, but I won't give her name just yet. So the reason I brought it to TMA is I, when I read that, I immediately had a reaction. And my reaction was one of, it's frustrating to me. I'm not angry about it. I want to make this clear. But it's frustrating to me that I know that for at least a portion of the audience, there is an expectation that it is my responsibility to subsidize people who work on TMA. That is, that is, it's frustrating that that exists. However, I, in a major way, appreciate that she asked it directly, which goes back to why I tell the story of getting fucked up in the Bahamas and the question that I was asked then, because it was asked directly, because it's my belief that it exists. So in the case of the cat, specifically to what happened with him when he was fired, he was, you know, they messed with him a bunch when we were there in KFNS from 2016 to 2021. But in 2017, he was fired. And the only way he came back was when I said, okay, I'll pay what wound up being 60% of his salary. I paid it out of Inside STL. We had him do the Cat Chat podcast to, like, justify it. But, I mean, that was that was just kind of like got to do something to do it and then the whole scheme. But I just, I just wanted to back on the show. He shouldn't have been fired in the first place. It was, it was, it was not right. And so you do whatever you can in order to try to get it right. That was, you know... I, I, I would not do that now. I would not do that now. Um, and the, one of the reasons I now have a wife and two children, you know, it just gets to a point where you can't. And then the plowhawk being here, I gave back a portion of my salary. Now, people might be like, stop fucking talking about this. Or other people might be like, I have no idea that that's what happened. But that's what happened. And these are, you know, this isn't like, like, and not that $5,000 isn't a lot of money, but this is you know, well more than $5,000 when you total this stuff up. And anytime somebody would get fired or fucked with or threatened to fire, I'd go, okay, let me give back some money. And I'm just like, okay, at this point, I'm tired of doing that. But here's the thing. If TMA were the source of like a, a surplus, for lack of a better term, even though that money doesn't go to me, it goes to Hubbard. That's one thing. Yeah. But the Tim McKernan show is something that I started, you are working on. And so if, for example, they were saying to me, hey, we're going to have to let Jackson go, for the record. Not that that is being said, or I can't imagine a scenario in which that's being said. A lot of shit would have to go wrong for that to be happening with you. Um, but I'd be like, well, shit, let me, let me, you know, if there was a bunch of revenue from the Tim McKernan show that was going into my pocket, it's not. It is also licensed to Hubbard, to be clear. Uh, I would say, hey, let's take some of that new money that we made from the Tim McKernan show and give that to Jackson. Or... In your case, I may go, okay, fine, fuck it, because I know how hard you work. 
I know your attitude. That's just, that's where my mind would be. But I but what frustrates me, even though I appreciate the question, is the mindset that I feel like there's almost like a lack of appreciation for what I think have been some pretty substantial sacrifices, and there's just like more, more, more. You know, the show fucking sucks while you're out of town. Well, I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna take vacation. I don't know what to tell you. I can't. I gotta be. I gotta be a husband and a father at times too. Life. You know, and not, not and again. That just that, that's not like there was a bunch of people saying that, or I'm saying that. It's just like there's other stuff there, and I feel like I've made some pretty substantial sacrifices, but also they're not. They're not all altruistic. They're, with like specific to what was going to be the cat and at the end of 2021, and then became the plowhawk. It's my belief that by giving back that money, it made the show better. But you can only give back so much, and we can also only have so many people on TMA. There is no show in the building with more people than we have on the show. And the only show that has as many people on their show roster as we do on TMA is The Riz Show, which is without question the biggest revenue producer, not just in the building, but in St. Louis. And there's a chance one of the biggest shows in all of the Midwest, and I would include the market of Chicago right. in there. That's how big that show is. Yep. So the fact that we have five as it is, is a lot. But I also, like I said on TMA when talking about the Lisa Ann thing yesterday, I don't fault the audience for not knowing. What frustrates me is when the audience assumes they know and then doesn't ask, especially when I put myself out there to say, hey, ask anything. And even if it might come off as insulting, I don't fucking care, but ask me. And then that way I can give an answer to inform, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to fucking lie to you. Um, so she has now followed up with, uh, what's, what's, what's your reaction to any fire away? Cause I've been talking too fucking long. (laughs) No, I understand where you're coming from. I uh, would agree that the question is asked properly. Like it's not done behind back channels and not done. It's asked directly. And it's not like, why aren't you doing this? Right. It wasn't passive aggressive. It was direct. I appreciate that. Right. And it builds on like asking a question, like if this, you know, because we've often talked about like everyone wants more people and then these people back on this on the show, it's like, okay, well that costs money. So where's the money coming from? And at least in this situation, you know, they're building upon that premise. I also see where you're coming from where it's like, geez, how much more, like, you know, how much more do I have to provide after doing this much, especially with something that is started by you by you, and just essentially you and me doing the show? Like you said, if this was coming from TMA and there was a lot of money for stuff, different different situation, totally different situation. So, for example, just to like, I, I try to, because one of the things that I was talking about with regard to the Lisa Ann thing, and this is the thing I, you know, uh, countered Iggy on because it, it irritated me. Uh, was the what I believe, and he and I said this right to him, so I'm not saying something when he, with him not here. I said it to him. I said you're taking some moral high ground that if if this would have been, you know, Lisa Ann going after one of us, as in Darren, you, Doug, or me, mm-hmm. you would have jumped in. Number one, don't jump in on one of my fights. I don't need help. You know, if I created the mess, I clean up the mess. That's number one. And number two, then that's then the what you're doing is passive-aggressively suggesting that we did something wrong in a situation, and I, I really reject that. I know some things that went on off the air that would make other parties look badly if I brought them up on the air. The audience is just going to have to trust me on that, but I chose not to bring them up on the air. I don't think Lisa Ann should have been what done what she did on the air, and I don't think Iggy should have done what he did. But they're two grown adults, and they made their beds, and, right. they, and that's the deal. And so Lisa Ann texted me when I'm on my way down to Fort Lauderdale, 
So I knew about her leaving the show, and I was totally, I was like, yeah, I get it. I totally understand. I don't, I, you know, and I could tell, if anything, she was really not in a good place. So I, I didn't come away from like, oh, God, what are we going to do on TMA? We'll be fine. I was like, I, well, when my wife woke up, because we were at like 6 in the morning when I got the text, or 7 in the morning, I, I'm like, I hope she's all right. I mean, she's still, this is four days old now, not the Iggy tweets, but the shit on the New York Post and the, the Radio City Music Hall. Like, she's clearly still upset so i hope she's okay that's what i was thinking um but with that all said like it's just if, if would there have been the whole thing with boy how come nobody on the show stepped up for iggy if it or stepped up for tim if somebody called in and was pit, like if that were me and lisa ann right would that have happened mm, probably not okay let's say doug creates a podcast okay yeah and it takes off yeah. and all of a sudden has a bunch of revenue coming in I've just left to listen. The prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Doug would go, oh, God. Uh, would, there, would anybody be going, I mean, Doug. Yeah. I mean, aren't I'm you going to put, put some money in? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. You're okay. Not wrong. That's, that's, that's. Yeah. And I just, it's like, I, no matter how many times, I just, I don't, and for the life of me, I just don't get it. Yeah. I just, I don't, like, this is, we, you and me, and Hubbard are rewarded for this. If it does take, who knows? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not like all of a sudden it's like, hey, your third, you know, here's your big check. It's not the way that it works. It just has some momentum, whatever. So, but but again, at least to her credit, she asked it directly. I appreciate that. So I, that gave me an opportunity to take a look at the email. I think I can read everything. So she sent an email following up to what I read on TMA. PLTD, thanks for not sharing my name on the air before giving me a chance to respond. Uh, Prod Joe said it sounded like Caller Ellen. He texted me that. So she said the Caller Ellen guest from Prod Joe really makes you look in the mirror. You can use my name on the air if you want to address my response. Anyway, I fired this email off yesterday between cleaning up breakfast and putting my kid down for a nap because I was trying to get it in before you might record QFTA. If I knew you were going to read it on TMA, I would have written it completely differently. I had a little blurb in there about the givens. QFTA is your show. Decisions and spending money to hire new people are management choices and not yours. And doing something to increase your own earnings is a perfectly fine reason to do something, but it felt obvious and made the email longer than it needed to be for the QFTA audience who would already have known all of that or already have all that context based on what you've explained previously. Sorry, I wasn't more clear. The thought process for my question was simply this. Do you, Tim, expect that increasing the value of all Inside STL content will lead to Hubbard investing more in Inside STL content, such as a full-time social media person or an additional host for TMA, not at your personal expense and not as a replacement for anyone who is already working on TMA. Thanks. That comes from Vanessa, in parentheses, Mrs. Loomster. That who's, she was, um, God bless you for it. And I appreciate the question. I appreciate the way you phrased it. First class through and through. And she, I believe, was on the Lisa and Dating Game a couple of years ago. She so won. Some in the audience. Oh, that's right. She won. And her husband was runner-up or one listener of the year? Uh, or the, runner? the man who usually sits in this chair, a.k.a. the Plowhawk, had right. some thoughts about that whole situation right. with the uh, you know, possible Davenport. But who knows? You know, I don't know. So I, I've, I've met Mrs. I appreciate the question. I think something happened with her and Iggy, and so if I would have said her name this morning, I know it would have happened. And so I was very conscious. It's like I like intentionally don't say the words down and town together when I'm hosting TMA anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> there are just certain things that I kind of know, you know, not to do because I know what's going to happen. So yeah. you just kind of like, no. you try to like, so I know if I would have said, and then he went, oh, well, all right. So I'm just like, that, 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 let's focus on yeah. right. what I'm trying to present here. And so um, I, I totally appreciate the question. I suppose it's, t- it's tough. Let me just be as direct as I can. The radio environment at this moment in 2024 does not lend itself to Hubbard or any radio outlet adding staff. And that is a period. Um, that's just the way that it is. And um, that doesn't mean that TMA isn't performing. That is just the overall climate. The, the, the business is obviously way bigger. I mean, TMA is... I mean, if you're talking about a revenue pie for Hubbard St. Louis, and I have no idea what Hubbard St. Louis's overall revenue is, I do know ours, as in TMA, um, it's it's a sliver, you know? I mean, it's a sliver. So I get, I get the thought process. That is one of the things that's kind of a double-edged sword of, you know, going from um, an independently owned business to a corporation. If the corporation has... You know, or if the industry as a whole, you know, if I owned and, and operated and wasn't licensing the content to a corporation, then it's a different deal. But then at the same time, then I'm having to do everything, which is kind of closer to what things were like at 920 for sure, and in part at KFNS in the most recent go-round. So that was one of the reasons for the, the choice that... that uh, I leaned toward going to Hubbard, and then we, as in me, you, Iggy, and Doug, decided to go to Hubbard at the end of 2021. But that's something that impacts things. So if TMA is really performing well, that doesn't mean that, therefore, Hubbard will spend on TMA. But I totally understand people thinking that. Totally understand it. So that's why I don't want to answer these questions in a condescending tone, because if people are coming to the table with a good-faith question... And not just like sharpshooting. I want to try to reciprocate that with a with a transparent and uh, you know straightforward answer. So, with that all said, um, it's I get it. It's not like money came in because the listenership increased for this podcast last year, but or last month. But that doesn't that doesn't take away the spirit of the question. Um, I just know the circumstances, everybody in the building, including Iggy and the Plowhawk and Doug, not just me and Jackson, know the situation at this moment. Anybody in radio knows the situation at this moment. There isn't going to be a bunch of adding. That's not, that's why I'm not like, what happened to KG and O-Town? I get it. I know what's going on. And so, and I explained it to him and KG and O-Town has an understanding and it's not like he's like, what in the world? He gets it. It's, it always comes down to dollars and cents. That's business. I got no problem with it. So um, the Tim McKernan Show podcast in January, having an increase in listeners is not relevant to adding. What I would say is what came up, and I think Iggy actually asked this question, if there was something I would advise adding if Tommy Mattern came to me and said, hey, we have this much money to add a position, what would you like to see us do with it? I would say social media. That's where I think we can improve the show. I just feel like that's where the opportunity for the greatest amount of growth is, that, that, which is why I was a big advocate for KG and O-Town, because that's one of his greatest strengths. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It uh, makes sense to me. And, 
I think you were that well, and I think that Vanessa also. Again. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the question. I want to emphasize that. Totally. I, I appreciate a question that's direct yep. and then can kind of put bullshit right. to bed. Right. It doesn't build upon a premise that's... That's know, false. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, but, I mean, you, you eliminate that by asking... Yeah, right. If you, It's all the way you frame it. And she framed the question. It, yeah, framed it in a, in a good faith manner. All right. So uh, I tip my cap for the question. Uh, I'm glad uh, I didn't give the name this morning. Um, and, uh, and I appreciate it. And if she wants to follow up with more, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. Jackson, we have a hard out today. we got to go. I know. This is How about like, that? Yeah, it's kind of like... Quick hitter. Yeah. Quick hitter. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Longo Big Studio sponsors, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designerservice.com, uh, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com, and Jamie Burkhard, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganast, and Ryan Cyberg at Munganast St. Louis Acura and Munganast Burkhard, Alton Toyota. Quick hitter today, boys, because we have a sound story coming up in this very studio. Always uh, listen at the Tim McKernan Show if you miss it, or you can watch it on youtube.com slash TMASTL. For Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show from the Longo Big Studios.